Hello, my name is Ryan, and my favorite line was this. I knew you would be astonished, laughed Desiree, at the same, uh, at the way he has, he has grown. The little cochon au lait. And, um, uh, I'm reading this, the pack's best Louisiana accent, which is, why it seemed but yesterday that Desiree was, a, uh, was little more than a baby, herself and Monsieur in riding through the gateway of Valmondé had found her lying asleep in the shadow of the big stone pillar. That was a good one. That was a good one. Hi, my name is Michaela Hebert. Um, my favorite line was, when he spoke to her, it was with averted eyes, from which the old love light seemed to have gone out. And this is my best Louisiana accent. Well, it seemed like yesterday that Desiree was a little more than a baby herself when Monsieur was riding <laughs> through the gateway of Valmont and found her lying asleep in the shadow of the big stone pillar. That was awful. I am so sorry. <laughs> Hello, my name's Nate, uh, and my favorite line is, quote, Desiree had not changed the thin white garment nor the slippers which she wore, because I think it circles back to the beginning where innocence is, like, displayed, uh, and my best Louisiana, Louisiana accent for the line given is, why, it seemed, but yes, <laughs> yesterday that Desiree was a little more than a baby herself. When Monsieur in right <laughs> through the gateway of Mavon Monday <laughs> had found her lying asleep in the shadow of the big stone pillar. <laughs> All right, passing it off. All right, I'm Christiana. Uh, my favorite line is Moreover, he no longer loved her because of the unconscious injury she had brought upon his home and his name. And I just think it's really funny. Um, I refuse to do that accent. So, anyways. Why, it seemed but yesterday that Desiree was a little more than a baby herself when Monsieur, in riding through the gateway of Valmonde, had found her lying asleep in the shadow of the big stone pillar. We tried. We tried. Okay, so, uh, the question we're going to be answering right now is, explore how the author depicts the complex relationship between the husband and wife. So... I think it's make... first off, very interesting how they described their love and fell in love like a pistol shot because it seems like he didn't he didn't even care where her origin was from at the time but he does at by the end so i think it's one of those where they don't necessarily seem to have a healthy relationship that's long lasting more of like a spring love it's interesting we see this like societal uh, versus individual conflict where the love is uh, between the two individuals has uh, clearly been quick and uh, like a definition of true love but then societal has transposed their beliefs or their the because we see it take place in uh, before the Civil War and after the formation of the United States so society maybe uh, Force their beliefs on that guy and he feels obligated to uh terminate the relationship or yeah and um i found it really interesting how their relationship just suddenly took a turn like from the beginning of them being so in love and then to the next just being so cold to each other and secrets just suddenly popping up from one side to the other it's like in the beginning they were so uh close 
enjoying life and doing everything they can together to suddenly being just hating each other in general so yeah i definitely don't think this is a proper husband and wife relationship it seemed more like desiree i don't know if it's just me but desiree seemed to love him but not necessarily in that kind of way does that make yeah, sense it yeah, seems sense. more if she just yeah. wanted to please him and make him happy it doesn't matter like what he wanted especially with the slaves i can see why it was a big shock for everyone i kind of feel like there there's a possibility that he probably didn't actually love her at all i mean yeah he it was like probably like a love at first sight kind of thing but in the long run it didn't seem like he cared that much because he came absentee yeah and he was yeah. just gone he didn't do anything with her anymore or care about the baby so i don't yeah. there's a possibility he didn't love her it seems yeah. less like love and more like expectations yeah and i also found it interesting it's like the moment they realized they had like african ancestry so everything changed like yeah. uh, like kindness just became to like hate it's like kind of how in the past they viewed um people of color like less than human so i wonder like uh, because throughout it uh, we know that desire is so in love with uh, uh, armand and throughout it it seems like armand isn't the one that uh, like has that much love between them so it never seemed like they really fell in love at, at yeah. all romantically that is just desire seems to have fallen in love like truly mm-hmm. but uh armand doesn't see, like he just seemed to be there like liked her but not like I loved her and yeah yeah almost like possessiveness yeah. yeah yeah so it seems like um i do know that in that time period um the development of the name mrs was supposed to be misters like he literally owned his wife so i can see how in the like we are obviously very <laughs> slightly repulsed by this because it's a disgusting kind of relationship in terms of the possessiveness but back then it was common so It's more of a glimpse into their kind of life. The entire story summation is like very tragic and we see their relationship and horribly um as we see like this big breakup uh she goes into the swamp and both of them are in a state of total confusion and then uh it ends in a very tragic way. Well, I mean, it probably ended in a tragic way because there's really no coming back. Yeah. Women women didn't have rights. Yeah. They were basically yeah. owned by their husbands like Michaela said, and so there really wasn't any other choice besides going back to her mom's. Yeah. But she probably thought that would be worse off for her and her yeah. baby. Well, and I mean, she wanted independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end. Well, if people of color back then were all slaves and she was not white, It's possible that she would have become a slave even though we find out that Amon was the one with mixed heritage. Yeah, and I think she was also afraid because like after being her husband leaving her she, and ha- and her having a baby, I doubt there's too many people that would accept her also. Yeah. So they that, couldn't get a divorce in that time. Yeah. It was illegal. Okay, I think that's it for the first question. All right. So our next question is consider how the author explores the complex relationship between emotions and social propriety. Now, none of us know what that means. So we are going to look it up at the end of the podcast and kind of review how we think we did. So 
let's go around and say what we think it means to start with. Okay. I'll go first. So my first thought of it is, well, when I look at it, I see social and propriety, which kind of seems like uh, social standing and like how like uh, there are different like uh, age or race or like um, everything, their social standing and all that affects them is what I believe because yeah, that's how it kind of went throughout the story. Okay, so I believe that Kind of like what Ryan said, maybe it's like rep like one's reputation almost, like how they're viewed like by society and how they feel they're viewed or how they know they're viewed by society. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think that it's how society, uh, like on the whole, has influenced more so uh, an individual and an individual's expectations of themselves and others. I definitely think building off of what you guys have said that it has to do with how our social standing affects us but I think it's also when somebody puts their social status before anything else which we definitely see a lot in the story especially with yeah. Amon. Yeah. If he truly loved her then he would put his social standing aside and maybe even take a step in being an activist. I'm not sure if that would actually have happened but it's yeah. also a possibility. Yeah, because like it seemed to me that he cared way too much about his title. Title that like the moment he saw the baby being like uh, of color, yeah, mixed race, he kind of like just turned his back on everything. Like he was, it kind of looked like he felt that Desire had betrayed him, because like for him to just grow cold to everything and everything he used to be before, just because of the child, seemed extremely weird. Yeah, I felt like the the repulsiveness that you were describing was kind of um, instinctual and it was just like ingrained in him that this is gross or this is something to be afraid of. And so he uh, actuated uh, a response based off of that belief. I honestly kind of think it's weird because considering all the things that happened during this time period, maybe it was controversial because they at first didn't know and then this like new rumor or something came out and he had to really think about how it did affect his family but yeah. if it were just like any other if it were just like a slave it probably wouldn't be as controversial because of how they did things back then well i mean what family she is his family it's him her and the baby if he really wanted to protect his family themselves he probably would not have done what he did and I think it was, I definitely think it was a little bit more than just pure social instinct. I think he was genuinely disgusted, not like subconsciously, genuinely disgusted because he burned everything. Yeah, and I completely agree with what Michaela said. And I also think if going back to like the history or like what Cristiano was doing, I also believe um, that because he was, it seemed like he wasn't like had a high standing for him to even own slaves. So. Um, for him to have a child that is kind of that would have been immediately put uh, to work as a slave would have ruined his social standing and his like how people viewed him. So I also assume I think that's why he would also like just banish Desire and her baby because like he didn't want to lose everything he already had. Mm -hmm. So it would make it would kind of make sense and we'd only be able to understand why uh, Desire just like uh, he just abandoned them so easily without thinking about it. Yeah, I don't think he even realized how much it would affect her. I think he was so caught up in himself 
because he drove her to suicide not just of herself but of her baby as well that that's 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 huge yeah and it's kind of like this societal syntax error uh where uh it's like i'm i'm with this someone with this person that that might have a different origin and i don't know what to do and that that's a conflict against what i believe and so the on both parties uh desiree and her, her husband uh and so she felt that because of that error she just wanted to end her life all right so okay so we just uh facilitated a discussion surrounding social propriety and how it shapes uh, the story. Um, so now we looked at that word. Propriety means the state or quality of conforming to conventionally accepted standards of behaviors or moral. A sentence? He always behaved with the utmost propriety. It's a lot about societal expectations, so I th think we hit it on the nose. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Yeah, okay. I also think so, because like, we, if, you re if you look at the story, it was around the time of like slaves and all that, because it was written in the 1800s to well, 1900s. Really so yeah. Like, it's kind of like peak irony. The entire story, honestly, is peak irony. Yeah. It's a very cruel irony. Yeah. But all irony is cruel in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, question four. We're going to talk about the archetypes we've read in this story and how they contribute to our understanding in the previous questions. And Michaela's going to start us off. So I noticed a lot of archetypes. Sorry. In terms of fire, ice, air, and earth, the elements. I know that those are often commonly used archetypes, and I found a lot of similarities between fire and happiness, or kind of like her emotional level, how she's dealing with stuff. Ice definitely is like sadness and depression. The air, I feel like, was uncertainty. While the earth was changed, these these definitely are not what you would traditionally think of yeah. when you think of these elements, but they also make sense. Yeah, especially earth, if you look at it, like how she, it's kind of like when she went to, uh, when she went and killed herself with the baby. Mm -hmm. um, it's like a complete change of earth, like yeah. specifically, like she went to like a swamp. So it's kind of like from going to a place where comfort is solid and strength kind of to a place of like uncertainty where you could uh, fall or die or ease somewhere like dark yeah. kind of. Well like uh, ice is frozen water and she drowned herself in water. She literally drowned herself in her sadness. Yeah. Yeah and I think that earth is also like a consuming element. So and consumption in a scenario where you're feeling like Desiree did and being like everything being, by change. yeah, and then wanting to stop it all across the board and level out. The earth is very consistent. It's been here for a while. <laughs> um, and ice is like, I think, uh, adding on to what you were saying before, I think it also represents the overlaying of this cruel irony that we discussed previous. Uh, that we discussed previously um and it's like this feeling of un uncomfortableness and evil and how that plays out throughout the story and is intertwined with all the other elements but what i noticed what jumped out at me first um was the use of hair to represent the uh 
development of uh, characters in the st- of Desiree in the story. Uh, for instance, we see in the beginning, Desiree is has like as a baby when she's discovered and she's full of potential, um, and she's very innocent. She has like very light hair, uh, yeah. and then. And then as we progress in the story and she's kind of closer to the point of the story where she uh, commits suicide, um, she feels that her, her hair is uncovered. Um, uh, but we do still see that the sun's rays are gleaming upon it. Um, so there's still like some type of she's, she's in the right, even though she's been treated cruelly or evilly, if evilly is a word. <laughs> Like a beautiful tra- tragedy. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's, it, beauty it's, dies in tragedy. Kind of like Romeo and Juliet, the tragedy, but yeah. less love in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, to despair and well, suicide. I love that. That's that's really beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Oh, yeah. oh my oh gosh. gosh. Okay. Uh. <laughs> and there's uh, something I would like to hit on, which is not an archetype, but it's uh, the names in the story. They're all uh, all the names are kind of common except for uh, the main character, which is Desiree. Her name in French is uh, Beans Desire, which is interesting because throughout this entire story, her only desire was to go and uh, live with her husband and uh, with her child. And in the end, uh, she ends up uh, like forsaking everything she had and, and goes to commit suicide. Wait, so do the other names mean anything? Uh, no, but her own is the like, because all of them are just common, other other than her name. I honestly don't really think she had any of her own desires, other than to commit suicide. I don't know if that counts. Um, yeah. But it seems like she was feeding off of her husband's desires, off of Amon's desires. Yeah, it was just, she was like, always falling into expectation kind of and her her desires were to please maybe uh, more than to actually fulfill herself and then she finally wanted to fulfill herself by uh, committing suicide maybe I can yeah. kind of relate to her because this is what I did when I was in a relationship so when you're in love with someone you want your ideals to align with theirs like with what Desiree was doing and when your ideals don't align and the other person doesn't love you back it kind of just falls apart for you and so she probably felt that it was it's just over it's just done and she just took that final step for herself and did that yeah yeah i love that perspective it, it, causes, it also gives you like um some light onto what like this uh, was feeling throughout it because mm-hmm. here it's all just throughout their actions there's not much like of too much of what they're feeling it's mostly just focusing on how they act around like what happens. Definitely, it ties into social propriety, I think. Um, yeah. He literally obtained his desire, and when it was no longer his desire, when she was no longer his desire, he was rid of her. Yeah, yeah. he just threw her. And out. I kind of think back then they looked like at women as beauty and nothing more because, like, if you look at it here when she's introduced, she's always like, um, when you're looking at her, she is. Uh, 
beautiful, gentle, affectionate, and sincere. And well, when you when you meet uh, the uh, Armand, they don't give you much like what's it called details about him. Mm-hmm. So like it's just that he's fa- he fell in love with her, but so like it showed that like they see women as more like just, one-sided. Yeah, just beauty, nothing else. Well, I didn't describe or, him as um like handsome face, muscular, yeah, like dark eyes. But that's and stuff. but it's it's less so yeah. touched on, and it it seems just like another character trait. It's one of those where um a lot of sexism is portrayed in the story. That's that's subtle enough that if you don't look for it, you don't see it. Yeah. yeah. But if you once you realize it's there, it's all over the place because mm-hmm. her looks and how beautiful she is and what a perfect little girl, that kind of thing. That's all over the place and mm-hmm. our mom's just chilling there like I'm a dude. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> Desiree is like very innocent and and she's portrayed as innocent and all in reference to uh, her husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right, that's good. And so for our last question is um, secrets and other media. What purpose do they serve and how do they help us uh, better understand a character's motivation? So for this one, I find one of the most common stories or like something most people know is the Arth- Arthurian legend where usually Arthur is just we all we know everything about Arthur, but it's always Merlin that hides everything. Like he knows stuff, but it's always when he talks, it's in either in riddles or um, what's it called? And he also like his actions are always hidden. They're never actually shown to us through the throughout books, and that's what happened in the series I was reading. And throughout it, if you think about it, it shows like the characters' motivation of how like they. Uh, their kindness also and like how they're willing to give up stuff like popularity stuff for others and it also shows like sometimes the truth can be can be way worse than actual lies so like it's better for you to reach the conclusion by yourself than just forcing the truth on to someone because we've seen like everyone throughout their life does that to someone instead of forcing the truth on them they make they let them slowly figure it out because everything needs time you can't force somebody to get better all of a sudden yeah i definitely think that secrets are both demonized and like put on a pedestal in our entire society i mean relating back to the king arthur thing they don't like magic in a lot of them yeah a lot of times they're afraid of magic but they're also like praising merlin and stuff so it's almost like if secrets are demonized, if they don't benefit someone, and they yeah. are put on a pedestal, if they do benefit someone, and that changes depending on the person. So it's almost like secrets are selfish. That's yeah. part of the reason why they're secret. And also, it seems like sometimes the truth doesn't really matter because like people believe what they want to believe. Mm-hmm. So that's all. That also leads to the point like why people hold secrets because like even telling them the truth they might either not believe it or just take it as like something else like arrogance or something yeah like torture like if you torture somebody for an answer you're gonna get an answer whether it's true or not you're gonna hear what you want to hear just solely so they can stop their suffering yeah i also um there's a lot of riddles too revolving secrets and one of my personal favorites is if you have me you want to share me if you share me you haven't got me and it's one of those things where it it's really kind of sums up the secrets of our society because everyone has them but no one has them at the very same time yeah and that's kind of a tragic relationship right um and i was thinking that secrets uh are often held in the uh 
are often controlled, can be sometimes be controlled by the narrator. Uh, the narrator um, has the ability to shift perspective on the events in a story. Um, and so, for instance, in Romeo and Juliet, we see um, the secrets being a very big tragedy and the shifting of perspective from one character to another uh, leading to both of them finally coming together but, but dead. All right, so I actually have a really good book all about secrets. It's called One of Us is Lying. And to not give away so much of the plot, a kid dies, and he was basically the secret holder. And kind of like what Michaela said with how secrets are put on a pedestal and also demonized, Mm -hmm. this kid put secrets on a pedestal so the people that had the secrets could be demonized. And... With how this works, when the kid dies, four secrets about four students came out. And it was basically just a wild like goose chase on trying to solve who actually killed him. Yeah. And this serves as motivation to clear the secrets and also find out who actually killed the kid. And with how this works in Desiree's baby, the, um, what's his name? Armand. He yeah. had, once he found out that like the kid didn't look like him it was mixed yeah, race it was her. Yeah. yeah and it was kind of like a secret but the real yeah. secret in the story was that Armand's mother was the one with the heritage yeah it's like it's Sweet kind of like irony. the irony I love yeah. it and it's kind of like a refusal of acceptance like he knows but he doesn't want to accept that it's him cause like it's like everything he knew and he stood for just suddenly isn't that anymore so like yeah, so he just wants blamed it all on the person he can blame. Yeah, and that kind of shifts into the societal expectations we were referencing earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah, see. see the secrets and how he he acknowledges that she looks white and that she probably is white. Yeah. Yet still blames it on her to the point where it pushes her to suicide. Yeah, I think he's just trying to like because in the beginning she was just taken in. No one knows her okay. origin. It was easier to put the, all the blame on her than put it on his himself because like he was just kind of like his mate, the main character in his own story. Everything revolved around him, and Desiree was just like one of the things he had and something he owned. So for him, losing her wasn't as bad as losing every, uh, uh, his title and his stuff that he had. I definitely think we've all had a point in our lives where we've had a revelation and we find something out about ourselves, whether through a family member or through just exploration yeah. of our own interests. And it kind of shocks us. Yeah, and I'm also a holder of secrets, so I know like tons of secrets about many people. And like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. You don't know mine though. Yeah, you already sure. told me. What? You're, oh, one of mine. You're one of yours. Ooh. Anyways, knows yeah. I know tons of secrets, and it, <laughs> yeah, it completely changes your perspective of someone. It's like knowing uh, their true selves instead of the self that they usually put out in front of people. So, like, uh, how Desiree reacted, that was something like no one would have seen except us, the reader. Well, isn't part of the secret the fact that they keep it a secret? Yeah. So, like, when you see it, when you when you listen to a secret, when you know it, it completely changes your perspective. Like, the villain can be can become a hero because like in many stories when the villain is uh, completely demonized and when you learn more about their past he suddenly doesn't seem anymore this evil presence They're in not the story the villain anymore. yeah
Okay, I actually think it's really funny because in this story, the secret is more pertaining to like Armand himself than Desiree. And yeah. secrets can also reveal things about yourself that like, or secrets that other people tell you can reveal things about yourself. Cause like, he, did he read it? He read yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah so he read it. He read that and he found out that it was actually him with the heritage. Yeah. And he acted like really angry or he was angry. He was probably distraught over it. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of honestly being queer or coming out though, because- That's so true. It, well, it's one of those things where like, you're, you see these people in the media and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you're like, wait, that's me. Yeah, I had that same revelation when I came. Well, I didn't really come out, but it's pretty much common knowledge among people I know that I am bisexual. Same. And yeah, it's more just like, oh, wow. Well, when, when you find out, everything just kind of clicks. And it's one of those things where, depending on how you were raised, it could be a bad click or a good click. Oh, yeah. yeah. For me, it was more just like, oh, like, whoa, click. Because uh -huh. my parents are, like, not, like, those. they're not okay with <laughs> yeah. that, really. And it's, all, it's always, like, uh, how, like, the same truth can be perceived so many different ways. Like, uh, some people might see, like, not that uh, Arnaud, uh, Armand was at fault, but, like, Desiree. So, like, it's not, you can't look at it on one side. You have to look at it through all perspectives. Exactly. Like this, it gives you more of an insight on what every character was feeling. Yeah. And yeah. what they went through throughout the time. He reminds me a lot of, like, tradition, like, homophobes. Oftentimes, they are queer, and they just don't want to admit yeah, it. I like, yeah, <laughs> Really, so, really that's funny. so funny but like it, it's peak irony for him because he is racist he has slaves and he beats them and he's the one that has he's, he's the one mixed. that has mixed heritage yeah. and it's, it's perfect yeah it's, i mean it's terrible but it's perfect yeah you know what i mean yeah it's like his insecurities are kind of being forced upon him and like, yeah yeah and then like the end it's, to, it's kind yeah. of like his own bit of revenge for like for doing what he was doing to like in the end like if you if you skip the beginning and actually look through the middle it's kind of karma for what he did to this year like mm -hmm. he abandoned her for being that uh, for thinking he was that yeah. uh, for she was that sorry and then he himself ended up being the one that was uh, of mixed heritage not her yeah so yeah. It's kind doesn't of, like players. So yeah. technically, if you look at it, Desiree should have been his, like, master. If it's you're walking it like that. His so. heritage is kind of like, bah, it's me, it stabbed him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And this was a good this session. This was a Signing good. Up. This was good. This was good. This was fun. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank yeah. you.